the Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined again today by Matt Williamson. Matt, how's it going? It's going great, man. You know, it is uh, rookie draft season. We knocked out the first eight a couple days ago on the pod, and let's knock out the next 12 or so. And then I got a flag football game I got to run off to, just like last game. I, the last podcast, I'm a little pressed for time. Busy time of year. Yeah, it certainly is. As you mentioned, we talked about the top eight players in your rookie rankings that you did for the score, and you can check those out on their website or on the app. Just to run through those again really quickly, you had Ezekiel Elliott as your number one rookie, like most people do. You had Laquan Treadwell, two, Corey Coleman, three, followed by Josh Dotson. You had next uh, Sterling Shepard, Kenneth Dixon, Michael Thomas, and your your eighth-ranked rookie was Derrick Henry. So we're just going to pick up right there. From what I recall, I don't think we differed much on those. I mean, I thought there was one spot here or there that we missed. We had a little discrepancy in our rankings, but basically we're pretty much all in on those top eight. Exactly. You were a little bit higher on Kenneth Dixon than than I was. And and I've noticed uh, actually in some of the more recent uh, rookie drafts that I've taken taken part in just over the past couple of days, he's a guy that's trending up. I've seen him going higher and higher. And even just right after the draft, you could have snagged him maybe in the late first, and, and that's not happening much anymore. And you had a really good point, too. As much as I like him, I mean, I seem to be pumping him up as much as anyone – in a usual year, he's the type of guy you usually get at like 110 to 202 neighborhood. You know, I mean, and this is kind of just shows the watered down class a little bit, too. Right. And that's that's one reason you've been trading all those picks. You don't have many first rounders in your drafts. Absolutely. Yeah, I've done two two drafts so far and I've made two picks and that's pretty much all it's going to be. And that's pretty much going to be uh, how I run all six of my leagues. They'll probably end up adding about one rookie and that's about it. All right, we, we may get into some of our rookie drafts later if we have time, but right now let's jump back into your rookie rankings. Your number nine ranked rookie is Tyler Boyd, the Cincinnati wide receiver. So earlier in the offseason, we had Sigmund Bloom on, we had uh, Matt Harmon on. Both of those guys uh, were not fans of Tyler Boyd, the, the Pittsburgh wide receiver. I think, he, I think he landed in a good spot from the perspective that Cincinnati had to add a wide receiver. You know, they lost Sanu, they lost Marvin Jones. Brandon LaFell was was set to be their second wide receiver. So we we knew they had to add someone. And, and I do think Boyd is a good fit. But at the same time, he's he's going to be probably fourth in line for targets behind Green, uh, Tyler Eifert, and, and Gio Bernard. So what are your thoughts on Boyd in Cincinnati? I really like the fit. And to be honest with you, I mean, I don't know how much of this you've done. You've probably done plenty, actually, is when you write lists for a publication, every time I go back, I change them. And now that I'm pulling up this document, if I owned one nine, I'd probably have a pretty hard time putting the card in on Tyler Boyd. And there's two guys that are coming up that I'd probably take over him today, but not by leaps and bounds. I mean, I really like the situation. I think he's an immediate starter, which is one thing they probably liked about him is he's quote, NFL ready as you're going to get. He's a good route runner, tough kid, you know, knows the position quite well, and they need somebody to step in right away. The people that like him compare him to Keenan Allen. The people that don't like him compare him to Robert Woods. And I would say he's about 50% in the middle there. Yeah, Boyd, in DLF's ADP, which if you listen to our last episode, that's another resource we're using. Uh, Scott Fish over at Dynasty League Football is running 
I think he's up to 10 rookie mock drafts. So this is some pretty, pretty mm. good data that dynasty players can use. So Tyler Boyd in, in these 10 drafts is averaging the 110 spot. So he's, he's the 10th rookie off the board, a little bit lower than, than you have him. But that data, along with, with your points that, you know, you might move him down a little bit if you, if you redid this list today, that just goes to show how close this tier is. And I think once you get really past the top eight that we talked about last week, from nine all the way down to uh, 15, 16, 17, those guys are all going to be very close. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. And, you know, usually as a rule of thumb, and I think we talked about this last week, that I generally don't look at my dynasty teams with team needs in mind. You know, like, boy, I could use, really use a receiver. But in this case, that might be the tiebreaker. You know, I mean, Boyd compared to this next guy we're going to mention, and then another guy down the road, at the, another running back, uh, that I could see me saying, eh, I'll take the running back over Boyd because I could use a running back more because they're that close. So we'll move on to your 10th ranked rookie. That's Paul Perkins, the Giants uh, running back. In our DLF ADP, he's the 13th player off the board. You've got him at 10, so you're a little bit higher than what could be viewed as the consensus rankings. To me, Perkins is a guy who has a chance to step right in as the starter in New York. Their running game last year was was just terrible. Andre Williams, uh, Rashard Jennings, I, I don't think those guys belong on uh, dynasty rosters at all. I still like Shane Vereen a little bit. I think he could potentially bounce back. But I really like Perkins in New York. You clearly do too. So tell us, tell us what you like there. Yeah, I like him a lot, and I actually think Vereen's somewhat of a buy low still too. I mean, I still like his game. This is going to be a heavy three receiver set. You know, Manning in the shotgun, get it out quick. So I think there's a, there's plenty of opportunity for running back receptions, and that's my one concern with Perkins. It, it's it's certainly not Williams. It's not Jennings, but. I wonder, I think he's pretty blocked for the receiving role. You know, I mean, I think that's going to be Vereen's, even though Perkins is good in that regard and he's decent picking up the blitz and whatnot. But I think he's a really good runner. You know, I think he's a highly, highly elusive, fun-to-watch runner that doesn't have phenomenal speed. But I think he's going to go right past those other two big heavy guys. Let's move on to number 11. This one, this guy's an interesting player. He He was a player who... Some people saw, and myself included, as a potential top five pick in dynasty rookie drafts. It's Leonte Carew. He lands in what's viewed as a bad spot in Miami, and he's fallen to the late first round in a lot of rookie drafts, the early second round. You've got him as your 11th ranked player. The expectation is that he'll sit uh, or at least play behind Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker. So is there going to be room for Carew to succeed in Miami? Yeah, and they have Kenny Stills and Jordan Cameron still around. They use a draft pick on another receiving tight end. All in all, I'm very impressed with Miami's offense. I mean, they, I think that the ownership has finally been very smart about this offseason and said, we're going to go out of our way to make Ryan Tannehill a success. Everything else be damned. You know, we're going to go get Adam Gase, who's an extremely quarterback-friendly head coach. We're going to invest heavily in the offensive line. Tunsil Tunts, <laughs> falls to them. You know, they add a, a, a guy like Carew. They traded up for him. They liked him so much. I'm sure they had a much higher grade. But I just don't know how he gets on the field. You know, I mean, they still have Kenny Stills. Uh, he's going to be kind of an outside guy. Parker was pretty impressive, although I think the hype's a little too strong on him. But Carew's more like Landry. I mean, I, I don't like the situation, but I like the player. 
and we know things could change. I mean, it, it could be a year from now that he's clearly the number three in a very good offense and his stock rises. So I can make an argument that he could be higher or lower on this list, but I like the player. I mean, I think I'd probably take him over Tyler Boyd for my NFL team. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I prefer him over Boyd. And, you know, my initial reaction was the same reaction as so many people that that landing spot was not a good one. So I'm just going to stay away. And and I've already kind of changed my, my tune on that. He's a player I'm targeting. I was able to grab him with the 12th pick in the hyperactive three draft where you have him ranked is right about where he's going in actual drafts. And, and I think he's a pretty good value there. Yeah, I do too. I don't expect much in year one, but you know, if that offense comes around, if Tannehill's you know, con, you know career really takes a turn for the better, that could be an optimistic situation quickly. Your 12th ranked rookie, which uh, if you're viewing this as, as maybe a mock draft would be the 1.12 pick, the last pick in that first round, Devontae Booker, the Denver running back. So we know they, they re-signed C.J. Anderson after he signed a uh, a offer sheet with Miami. Um, so they've, they've locked him up for four years, but at the same time, they, they, everything else they've done seems to show that they're down on Anderson. They, we've talked about this before too. They gave Ronnie Hillman starts and, and plenty of carries. They didn't seem eager to re-sign Anderson until he did get this offer sheet. They tendered him at the lowest possible um, option. So, you know, is Booker a guy that can come in and, steal the starter's job away from Anderson? I think he can. You know, the, it, it seems like there's a lot of people out there that are not C.J. Anderson fans, and I'm not one of them. I am a C.J. Anderson fan. I think both both can do very well in this offense. I think Booker will quickly go past Hillman. You know, Hillman, I think, will be an afterthought, maybe the passing down guy. But Booker wasn't the target player of mine at all. I didn't like him very, very much on tape. He's kind of overaged, injury issues. But who cares if he's overage? I mean, if you get three years out of him on your dynasty squad, great. You know, uh, it wouldn't shock me if he got in, if Anderson goes down and he never left. You know, had a couple big games, a couple hundred yard games, and all of a sudden he's a starter and Anderson's sitting there on the sidelines with a you know pout on his face. But I know he's a really good fit in the Kubiak system. There's been some Arian Foster-like comparisons. I think that's a little rich, but... Um, I would bump him up. You know, like I said, I have Boyd 9, Perkins 10, Booker 12. I think I would take Perkins and Booker ahead of Boyd if I were to redo my list. Yeah, Booker is a guy I've been avoiding. He's And I agree with I a lot of what you like said. Week, and I'm starting to grow on me. Yeah, the, you know, the injuries. He had the knee injury in college. He is a little bit older. Uh, it, it's funny. I was sitting on the clock at the 2.02 pick in Hyperactive 3. Uh, I was looking at Booker, also considering Perkins, so two of the guys we've talked about. Just didn't really love either one of them. And I get an offer of Jeremy Hill for the pick. That's easy. So, yeah, so that was, that was I thought, a pretty strong offer. I narrowed it down to either taking Devontae Booker or taking the trade. And I start looking at their age. And, it, you know, I knew Booker had that, uh, you know, I knew he was coming into the league older than, maybe the typical rookie or typical rookie running back. And Jeremy Hill is actually younger than Devontae Booker. <laughs> so Hill's, Hill's got two years in the league. He came out of LSU early. Devontae Booker, of course, stayed 
the full four years in at Utah. So yeah, I took uh, Jeremy Hill in that trade and, and feel pretty good about that. I don't love Hill and it doesn't sound like you'd love him either or whoever traded him to you doesn't love him either. But that's a deal I think you have to make all day long. All right, let's move on to your 13th ranked rookie, um, which could be, again could be viewed as maybe the top of the second round. You've got Jordan Howard, the Chicago Bears running back, another team we knew would be adding a, a running back. They've got Langford there. They let Matt Forte go after so many years. Howard's actually uh, coming off the board in, in the mid-second of most drafts I've seen. You've got him a little bit higher than that. Does that have more to do with Howard, or is that – your lack of trust in Jeremy Langford? I would say more of the latter. I am not a Langford fan. I never have been since day one. I didn't think he was very impressive in a starting role. I think he's a backup. You know, I, I like Howard. I don't love him, but I think he's a TD producer. I think he has good vision. He's a no-nonsense, get-downhill guy. And I think John Fox is going to love him. I mean, you got to remember who the head coach is here. I mean, they were, they're building a front seven. They want to play good defense. I think the Bears are going to be an improved team. You know, their offensive line looks better. They get White. They have Jeffrey. And I think he's going to be the starter. I think he's going to be the starter. I think he'll be the Bears starting running back. Maybe not on opening day, but not far into the season. Yeah, Howard's another guy. I just don't know how to – I don't know what to feel about him, honestly. He's uh, he's not a guy I loved through the pre-draft process. I do think he landed in a pretty good spot. But when I'm looking at that mid-first round range where he's coming on the board, Again, you got guys like Mike Thomas from the Rams. You have your choice of quarterbacks at that point. In all honesty, that's just not a spot I want to be in the draft. I'm I'm trading out of those picks in that range if possible. Oh, I don't blame you either. I mean, the one league I did have two two, I moved back to three three. Um, and then we can get to how that all worked out. But I wasn't interested in being there. I I don't love. I would rather get what I can get in return for the picks in this area than the players that we're talking about. I, mean, I don't want our audience to think that, boy, Williamson loves Howard. He's going out of his way and buying this guy left and right. No, I like his situation. I think he'll score touchdowns. I think he'll be the starter, but I don't love him. Well, if you know, if you're correct in that assessment and he is the starter, then he's he's a big value at 18 or or even where yeah. you have him ranked at 13. You know, we saw. Langford and Thomas Rawls and Matt Jones, all those guys gained big value over the 2015 season because they did earn starting roles. Let's move on to your 14th ranked rookie, another running back, CJ Procise from Seattle, former Notre Dame back. So once again, another team, and this is a broken record here, but so many teams were looking to add that second running back after um, the loss of a veteran. We talked about Forte being gone. In Seattle's case, it's Marshawn Lynch who retired. So they're left with Thomas Rawls. They add CJ Procise. They also later added Alex Collins, the Arkansas running back. So a little bit of an interesting situation there with how they're going to use now their trio of, of running backs. What do you think about Procise? Yeah, and Christine Michael's still there. So that situation's a little hairy. I always talk about like during the draft, it's one of the few times teams don't lie to you. And it makes me wonder, not that they have questions about Rawls as a player, but I wonder if they wonder if with his style and his size, if how, you know, how much can we count on this guy to be on the field? So, you know, they know better than we do. And I think there's legitimate concern there. I mean, you don't go draft a couple running backs and without worry. But the thing I like about ProSize, and I, I think it's becoming, I think last year it became Russell Wilson's offense where it always had been Marshawn Lynch's offense. 
And that means you're going to throw more than they have. And the one thing, even though it's a muddy backfield, I think the receiving role is a real clear path. I mean, Rawls, Michael, Collins, those guys aren't going to beat ProSize out in that regard. And that gets them on the field. You know, that get, gains them trust with Wilson and the crew and gets his foot in the door a little bit more than some guys. Let's look at your 15th ranked rookie. And this is a guy you're down on compared to the consensus and compared to what the, how the NFL drafted. Uh, Will Fuller was the second wide receiver off the, off the board in the NFL draft. Uh, Houston took him in the first round. He's currently going ninth in our DLF ADP, but I've seen him go much lower than that. Uh, in fact, I've seen him fall to the second round, which is about where you have him ranked. You have him ranked as your 15th uh, rookie. He's a guy who, you know, I think, I think the hate has gone a little bit too far with Fuller to the point where if he is falling to the second, I'm glad to take him there. Uh, I, you know, I have my concerns and the drops have, have, you know, become almost played out that that's, you know, that's the worry with him. But a lot of, you know, a lot of players, including some guys we really like Coleman and Treadwell, those guys have both had issues with uh, not hanging on to the ball in, in college. So I do think, I personally think the fuller hate has gone a little too far. Maybe I've helped fuel some of that too, but you've got him at 15. So other than the drops, do you have concerns? And, and what do you think about a situation in Houston? Clearly the Texans love him. You know, I mean, I think that goes without saying. Um, clearly they made probably their number one priority in the offseason quarterback aside was we have to get much faster on offense, more explosive. That's the, that's the marriage there. But just from a fantasy perspective, I always have a really hard time putting these type of receivers in my starting lineup. You know, when it's Sunday morning in the season and you click your the box for your starting lineup, the guy that could get two catches for 12 yards or two catches for 112 yards and win you the week is hard for me to hit, hit, hit select on. You know, and, and I think he very much qualifies there. And I don't think he's Deshaun Jackson. I think he's closer to Ted Ginn. Yeah, that's fair. That that is a fair concern. I really like the situation in Houston. They've they've been searching and searching for uh, a wide receiver to line up across from DeAndre Hopkins, and you know we don't we don't know if that's going to be Fuller, but I think he's sure going to get the chance. I agree, Jalen Strong. But I also think Braxton Miller is only going to get better, and he might become the starter a year from now. I mean, I I don't think that's far fetched. And I still like Jalen Strong. I know you were just about to say something about him. I, I apologize. Apparently, I like Strong more than Houston does by the, what they told us on draft day, though. I mean, his stocks obviously plummeted quite a bit. Yeah, the, you know, Strong, of course, struggled. He's another player that struggled with drops, which is interesting that they would take a shot on Fuller uh, after that. But Strong struggled last year. He has had some off-field issues, so... You know he's worth still worth a roster spot in dynasty leagues, but it's it's a concern with what Houston is telling us about him. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on these final five players because all five guys, comparing your ranks to DLF's ADP, you're pretty high on on this entire group above the consensus rank. So I want to hear what you have to think, uh, and we'll start with number sixteen. Jonathan Williams, the Buffalo running back, he's a guy who uh, a lot of people were really high on and had some first-round potential in in dynasty drafts. He goes to Buffalo, so you know the the thought, of course, is he's behind Shady McCoy, he's behind Carlos Williams. 
I think he could be better than Carlos Williams. And I think McCoy could be gone, you know, maybe after this coming season. A year from now, he could be gone. So we could be looking at the Buffalo starter in, in 2017, and he's falling to the late second in rookie drafts. Is that kind of what you see as well? Yeah, and I really like the player. You know, you go back two years ago and watch the tape, I think he's one of the best backs in this class. You know, I think he's better than Perkins or Howard. I mean, just as a player, what we saw last pre-injury. Situation's terrible on the surface, but I 100% agree. I mean, I, I can't see McCoy being there long-term. He's expensive. He's gotten in some trouble off the field. He's not the biggest guy in the land. Um, and Carlos Williams, his highlight tape is really good, but he's not consistent. I mean, he's a former safety. I think he's a high-end backup when it's all said and done. And, and I agree with you. I think Williams could be the starter as soon as 2017 and last season taught us that running backs, you know, guys go down and he might jump in even sooner. Who knows? So uh, I want him on my team. I mean, unlike some of these other guys we mentioned, I want Jonathan Williams on my dynasty team. I'm not going to count on him for anything right now, but he might just hit big. Yeah. And again, his, his DLF ADP is 24. So you could potentially get him at the end of the second round. And we talked last week, the second round is, is that range where you need to be stashing running backs almost as lottery tickets that they could become the starter for their team and, and a fantasy starter for your team. At number 17, you've got uh, your top-ranked tight end and the first tight end that was drafted in the NFL draft, Hunter Henry, uh, another former Arkansas player. He goes to the Chargers, and I, I think the first thought was maybe that's not a great landing spot, but the deeper you look at it, I think it's a perfect landing spot in that – uh, Antonio Gates will be gone soon. We say this every year, but surely he can't play much longer. Uh, Henry gets gets a year or two to to play behind Gates before presumably uh, taking over the starting role. And we know that rookie tight ends don't usually contribute anyway. So even if he doesn't get to play too much, that shouldn't be a major concern. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't love the player, but I like him. I rarely use high rookie picks on tight ends because they don't do anything as a, as a rookie. And I don't think he will either. I mean, he'll see the field in double tight end sets. That's fine. Uh, and like you said, I mean, you think Gates is gone, but if you look at Gonzalez and Gates and Witten and Heath Miller, some of these crafty old tight ends can last a long time. Just knowing the soft spots and zones and how to move the chains and get open in the red zone, use their big body. Um, but you've got to think Gates is not going to be there long. And I also got to think that Gates would be a very positive influence on this guy. You know, just hanging around with Gates and carrying his pads to practice, so to speak. And Rivers isn't going anywhere for a while. He loves a tight end, you know, so this could be his new best friend. Let's move on to your 18th ranked rookie. Although I got to say, I have him my 17th player, and I'm sitting here thinking, if I own the 2-5 in a typical 12-team league, am I actually going to hit draft on Hunter Henry? that early you know i mean it's the same thing we've been talking about though it's like all those things i said about the guy that's great but he's still not worth a mid-second round pick in a rookie draft right and i think that's true of a lot of these guys right um which again just goes to the lack of depth and the really the lack of quality in this class yeah exactly so your 18th ranked rookie is a seventh round running back uh, Washington chose Keith Marshall late in the draft. Uh, his ADP is 28, so that uh, mid-third round range. You like him as the 18th ranked rookie. He blew up the combine, had I think had the fastest 
40 or among the fastest 40s for running backs and had some other good uh, performances in, in the events there. Had a really solid career at Georgia. Basically, after a couple of injuries, got stuck behind Todd Gurley, later got stuck behind Nick Chubb. What do you think about Marshall in Washington? Again, I mean, I would not be excited about using a mid-second round pick on this guy. Huge wild card in that there's a lot of talent here. Um, we haven't seen a lot. He was a seventh-round pick. I think there was only one, you know, I think it was only one running back drafted after him in this draft. But it's a great situation. I mean, to me, that was one of the biggest shocks of the draft was Washington really didn't go out and use a third, fourth-round pick on a running back. I mean, that's a lot of faith in Matt Jones, who got benched at times last year, fumbled, is a good talent, but isn't special. You know, Chris Thompson's their receiving back right now. Maybe they bring Pierre Thomas back, but I think that's a good offense with a good offensive line that this could be this year's, you know, Thomas Rawls type guy. And again, it's pretty high. And I can certainly make the argument that maybe you should take Braxton Miller or Mike Thomas or one of the quarterbacks or Farrow Cooper, or I know people love Kenyon Drake. I don't, he's not in my top 20. And the one back who barely missed my top 20 is DeAndre Washington. I would probably put him ahead of Marshall right now too. I mean, he's really growing on me the last couple of weeks. You know, I turned this in a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's not on my top 20, but I thought he deserves to be the more I think about it. He would probably be in this slot. Let's talk a little bit more about, about Marshall and about Matt Jones. So you like to say often, and, and I agree with this, that, you know, the draft is really the time that the NFL can send us messages about what they think about players. And if Washington had gone out in the second or third round and drafted one of these high-profile running backs, we would have been throwing Jones out on the curb with, yeah. with our trash. Instead, they wait to the seventh round. They take a guy who's had injury concerns, who's not really proven. So can we can we turn that statement around and think, what you know what they did in the draft is showing us some faith and some trust in Matt Jones maybe you know I mean I think that's what you think initially I don't want to totally bite though because maybe next week they sign Arian Foster you know what I mean and Matt Jones' stock goes right down the toilet again I mean th that could happen or I'm sure there's a couple other veterans out there that I'm not thinking of maybe they go nabs one of those guys there's always a back on the market but I also think, you know, Washington wasn't a team that was short on needs, you know, and they just addressed other things. But the, the, the fact remains, I mean, Matt Jones is by far and away the clear starter right now. My hunch is he's more of a buy than a sell, though. I mean, I assume his ADP skyrocketed since the draft, as it should, but I bet it went too high in terms of what you could get for him in return right now. I mean, I don't see him as a 1,500-yard back with, 13 touchdowns. You know, we're, we're still actually working on May ADP. Um, it's okay. nearly complete, but his did not, his did not move very much. Actually, I think, I think it may have actually dropped with some of the rookie, uh, some of the rookies jumping ahead of him. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think, I think the Matt Jones hate is a real thing that people just don't buy into him as, as really as a starting NFL running back or as a fantasy starter. So, you know, if he is a guy, um, that you like, I think now is a great time to buy, and you can probably do it with, with an early second-round pick or maybe even later than that. 
Wow. Okay. Then I would do that in a heartbeat. I mean, I'm sitting here sounding like I'm bashing Jones, but boy, if I could get Jones for 14th pick in my rookie draft or one eighth, even, I think I would do it. I mean, I, I still think he's going to produce and he's going to get a lot of opportunities. Um, so I guess you got to kind of rewind and eat some of my words there. If he really is that cheap, I would be buying. Him. Yeah, that that's my perception. I, I think uh, his value which seems crazy, but I think his value is largely unchanged after the draft. Let's move on to your number 19 ranked player uh, nearing the end of the list. This is your top quarterback off the board. It is Carson Wentz, the Philadelphia quarterback. He went uh, second overall after the Eagles traded up for him. Um, I think the, the quarterbacks are, are all still, uh, you know, we're still kind of trying to figure out where to rank these guys, how to value these three rookies uh, between each other. Of course, Goff went first in the NFL draft. Paxton Lynch went off the board much later in the first round to Denver, but maybe that's viewed as more of an ideal landing spot. Uh, Wentz is your guy that you like, and uh, tell us tell us what you see. Yeah, and Goff and Lynch wouldn't be far behind. You know, I did a top twenty list. Wentz was nineteen. Goff and Lynch would certainly be in the top 25, not not far below them at all. And my thoughts are this, that let's, let's erase what the players are. I think we've talked about what they are for now and, and talk more about fit. I mean, a quarterback, I think fit's extremely important. That Wentz might sit for a while. I, I mean, I could see that. I think that's what they're saying. Who knows? It worries me that Peterson ran a very slow, methodical, not a, number of, not a, not a high number of plays type offense in Kansas City. And But I don't think you trade up all your picks and be this aggressive to go get a guy like Carson Wentz to play him like you play Alex Smith. I mean, I, I can't buy that. I mean, to me, that's just bad business to, to have a game manager, slow, methodical type guy. And I trust this organization. I, I think this is a very strong organization. I don't trust the Rams organization. I like Goff a lot. In a nutshell, I like Goff slightly better than Wentz as a player. And we know Goff's going to get thrown right in there. He's going to hand off a lot, but I don't really like his weapons. I don't really like his offensive line. I don't love his head coach for fantasy numbers. The best situation is really Denver. I mean, I, I think Elway, Kubiak, and company are the, the team that I trust the most to develop their quarterback properly. I, I just think it's going to be a while, and it, as it should be. Do you have a preference of those three? I mean, if you're drafting those, you know, a quarterback, if you have to take a quarterback under your head in a rookie draft, who are you taking? Uh, I'd probably go with with Lynch, probably for some of the reasons you mentioned. Just I think the situation is better. I trust that uh, that front office and that coaching staff a little bit more. You said you you trust the the Eagles, you know, staff and front office. I'm not sure I do. I, I question yeah. a lot of the choices and a lot of the deals they've made. You know, they basically gave Demarco Murray away, and you know, say what you will about him. You know, they got almost nothing for him. They uh, just are trying to clean house and, and maybe I think going too far and making some bad moves. So I'm not going to, uh, I'm not ready to give them the benefit of the doubt on the trade up to number two, uh, having anything to do with how they use Wentz. So I, I would probably go Lynch, but I do agree that, that they're all very close. Yeah. And just curious off the top of my head, I don't remember whereabouts did like Winston and Mariota end up with getting drafted last year. Do you remember off the top of your head? In, in rookie drafts, they yeah. were usually mid-second round picks. So right. um, these guys are all a little bit uh, lower than those two, which I think 
and in the draft. Like, I mean, I think if Winston or Mariota came to the league, went right to Tampa Bay with Mike Evans or Mariota with his wheels, they may be 112 or so in this draft a year ago. Yeah, good point. Yeah, those guys could be first-rounders in, in this group. Your 20th-ranked rookie is um, a player I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on. He's only 46 in uh, DLF's ADP, so barely in the top four rounds, barely in the top 50. Uh, Wendell Smallwood, the running back for Philadelphia, so another another Eagles player. Of course, as I already mentioned, they, they traded DeMarco Murray. That seemingly left Ryan Matthews as the starter there, but there's even been some trade rumors with him. Kind of surprised he's still on that roster. Uh, there's reports that they could move on from Darren Sproles, the veteran as well. So do you just like Smallwood's opportunity there? I love that. I mean, I, I, one thing I like about him is, as it stands today, if Sproles were to go down, I think he becomes the Sproles guy. You know, he is a smaller, explosive player. Um, and if Matthews goes down, they're not going to make Sproles the lead back. He's not going to get 22 carries a game. I think that would fall to Smallwood. And, and, of course, they could add a veteran like a lot of these teams too, but there's not many out there. Um, the more I learned about him leading right after the draft, I, I like the way he ran. I mean, I think he's an explosive kid. He's got a lot of juice. Um, I don't think ideally he is your 20, 22 carry uh, back type of player, but I think he's going to have a prominent role in that offense. And they really boosted their offensive line. Yeah, Smallwood is uh, is a guy I don't know too much about. I think you make some interesting points, and, and the opportunity could certainly be there. Right now he's going off, like I said, at, at 46, the 46th-ranked rookie. I mean, wow. guys like Ricardo Lewis, Chris Moore, Demarcus Robinson, even Marquez North, who was an undrafted free agent, all those guys are going ahead of Smallwood. So uh, he's certainly a value and, and a guy worth taking a shot on late in your rookie drafts. And we mentioned DeAndre Washington as a guy I didn't rank. He, he would be in my top 20. I really, really like him. But I bet in my hunches that the player that I didn't put in my top 20 that's consensus going the highest would probably be Kenyon Drake. Is that true? Um, Drake's another guy who saw a big bump thanks to uh, the NFL draft. He landed, of course, in Miami, uh, another team that has been searching all offseason for a running back to pair with J.J. He is currently 21st in in DLF ADP, so a, a little bit maybe lower than you expected. The highest guy, uh, according to DLF ADP, that you did not rank was actually Pharaoh Cooper. He's still going off the board 14th overall, um, which is a little surprising to me. That the, yeah, Cooper's another guy who seems to have plenty of detractors. Uh, of course, he lands in L.A. with the Rams. That's, again, as you said, not a – a team or an offense we really want to uh, trust or place a lot of stock in, but they brought in so many pass catchers uh, both through the NFL draft and as undrafted free agents. So they're certainly looking to overhaul uh, that wide receiver core. And it sounds like you like his new teammate, Mike Thomas, more than you like Farrah Cooper. Um, or close. I, I like, I like Thomas a little bit. Um, the thing and I actually drafted him in hyperactive two at the end of end of the second round. The thing I like about him is that he seems to have so many believers out there. There seems to be yeah. so many Mike, Mike Thomas truthers out there. And that's one reason I, I chose to take him in the late second is I think he could be pretty easy to flip 
uh, if he shows really anything in, in training camp or in the early early part of the season. Yeah, I can't remember so, that. Yeah, that was actually one thing I wanted to to talk about is some of these rookie drafts we've been doing. So in Hyperactive 2, that's a league that both of us are in. That's one we've talked about on here before. You joined earlier in the offseason and did a dispersal draft, so you're still still building your team. I had four picks entering the draft. The first one was 211. I did take Mike Thomas, the Rams uh, wide receiver, at 3-7. I was really happy to get DeAndre Washington. It is already rising in these rookie drafts. You know, the ones that I saw take place immediately after the NFL draft, he was a late third or an early fourth rounder, and now he's already up into that second round range. So I felt fortunate to get him at 3.07. Yeah, I like that and a lot. And I think I got Smallwood at 4.01. I don't have it in front of me. And I was really have, hoping that your guy would go would, would fall to me. And I didn't really have the juice to move up. Uh, I thought maybe he'd be somewhat of an unknown and I could grab him. But I'm happy with Smallwood there. I mean, I have him as my 20th ranked guy. And I took him, what, 37th overall. Um, in this league, I mean, my team's pretty bad. So I knew that I could use two fourth-round picks. I still have – 410 hasn't rolled around yet, but I'll add somebody there too. But nobody great. And then I, I also had um, a couple later picks, 311 and 312, and I ended up just packaging those up for some future 2017 picks, which mm-hmm. uh, we, we talked a lot about how uh, that could be a good idea to accumulate those. And you have I know a good you, roster, right? I mean, it, you don't really have the roster space to be adding three late third-round pick type guys. Right. I, no. I, I probably could have found a couple of guys to drop, but it, it would have been a challenge. Um, yeah fortunate to have a pretty good team there. I know you had another draft that you've done recently. Uh, you only had one pick in that one as well. The 3.02 pick, and who did you take there? I took Wentz, <clears throat> and it, I tried to trade out of it. All three quarterbacks were there. <clears throat> I, I wasn't getting enough to get excited about. This is a very good team, but my only quarterbacks were Russell Wilson and Robert Griffin III, and <clears throat> that's not a good reason to take somebody, but uh, it was kind of a tiebreaker for me. All right. I wanted to uh, quickly throw out a couple of other picks and trades I've made. We talked about some of these already. Hyperactive 3, I grabbed Carew at 112, and then I traded that 2.02 pick for Jeremy Hill. Pretty happy with how that one played out. Um, I think I mentioned Hyperactive 5 last week. I had the 110 pick, got to me, and and didn't feel great about any of those guys. Had a little bit of need at running back and ultimately traded that 10 pick for Charles, Ware, and West. Uh, oh, the, yeah, you talk Kansas, about that. Yeah, the Kansas City trio. Charles slots in as my running back one. We only have to start one running back there. So I think that that made my team better. I also had the 2.05 pick, and and that's where I grabbed Pharaoh Cooper. Um, and, again, those those are picks I, I'm not feeling confident with. If I've got a mid-second rounder, I'm, I'm trying uh, as hard as I can to to ship that off. Yeah, I don't. I, I very much agree with that philosophy. Um, this league that I took Wentz, I made two trades that I forgot to bring up on here before the draft, and because I didn't want to, I had two, two, and two, three, and I knew this dilemma was coming. Where I, I don't want to, I, I don't want those picks. They got to go. And I, I got, I traded Matt Jones, and in this league, you can only start one running back, which is awfully nice advantage. There's a lot of dynasty leagues out there like that, and I have plenty of other good ones. Traded Jones, 2-2, two, two, 
and a 17 third for Tyler Lockett, which is a lot. I mean, that's the iron price, so to speak, but I like Lockett. Yeah, I like that deal for you. Um, Lockett's a guy I've been trying to acquire this offseason as well. So, yeah, I think that's that's probably top dollar for, for Lockett. Yeah. You said you said that was pre-draft? Pre-draft. Or not pre-NFL yeah. draft, pre-rookie draft. So oh, okay. So Jones' price had you know, bumped a little bit. and Okay. But, so again, the, I mean, you can start one running back, and I had five running backs or so that I felt comfortable starting, you know, Ingram and people like that. And yeah, that, so I followed it up by doing basically the same thing where I traded Ryan Matthews, that two, three that I wanted to get rid of and another future third for the three, two and golden Tate. And I didn't really target golden Tate, but this owner was after Matthews hot and heavy. And I kind of felt like this was the highest I could probably sell Matthews. Give me golden Tate. I'll use them. I mean, I'll start them almost every week. Yeah. I like that one even better. So, yeah. you know, you, you get a couple of wide receivers that you can probably start like you said, start every week. You only need one running back, and it sounds like you're in good shape there. I like both of those moves. Yeah, so basically what I did was I moved Matthews, Jones, 2-2, two, 2-3, two, two, more or less for Tate and Lockett. And I'll do that all day. I like that. All right, well, thanks for joining us today. We'll, we'll be back next time. We'll continue to talk about this rookie class and some of the rookie drafts that we're taking part in. 